You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Deborah Eckerling, the creator of The Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified and author of Your Goal Guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So every week, I bring in three of my people to dive into the topic of the week. And then it magically becomes an episode of the Dev Show podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network. New episodes released every Thursday. It's the end of the year. It is December. And I like running into the year with a running start. And the first thing, everybody says, what is the first thing you need to do with your goals? I said, it's to count your wins because it's those wins that are going to give you the energy to propel you into doing awesome things next. So I brought together a few of my favorite winners. I'm really excited. So Amy Card, who's the author of The Tiger Bells, which is coming out in January. Uh, we met uh, through WNBA San Francisco and we're on a mixer. And no, it wasn't even a mixer. And I'm like, Tiger Bells, winning team, you need to be in this conversation. So really <laughs> jazzed for that. Annie Corzen, who is a TikTok influencer, author of the book of Annie and oh, so many other things. I, I've interviewed her for Taste Buds with Deb, and I also interviewed filmmaker Liz Lachman, for, who's done a lot of things, including Susan Penninger's Fork, which is just like, I just love all these food opportunities. I get to meet people who are not just doing food things, but food-like things. So uh, anyway, you're all awesome. You're all winners. Well, and if you're tuning in, you are a winner too, because you're choosing yourself and your goals. Uh, but before we dive into giving more winning inspiration, I would love for you all to introduce yourselves and say, you know, why you are so excited to be, you know, on this fun, inspirational uh, conversation. So Amy, let's start with you. Welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to join this group of women. Um, so I have the Tiger Bells book coming out. Um, it's coming out January 2nd, and it's about a women's Olympic team um, in 1960 in Nashville and eight women who trained with Tennessee State 
university made the Olympic team in 1960. And so it was just a feat that was accomplished at that time. It's never been, it's never happened again. Um, and, you know, when you're talking about winning, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm the big winner. I'm going to say the Tiger Bells are the big winner. <laughs> and I'm just curious about how did that project come to you? So I always knew about the Tiger Balls because um, I my grandfather was a coach and he was good friends with the coach of this team. And um, I just grew up knowing about them. And then I realized that other people didn't. And it was such an inspiring story to me and it encouraged me throughout my life and when I was young, especially. And um, I just felt like it was something that everyone should know about. It's such a wonderful way to come up with this kind of passion project. I love it. Well, thank you. I'm really excited to have you here. Annie, welcome. Hi, I'm Annie Corson, and this is my book, The Book of Annie. Humor, heart, and chutzpah from an accidental influencer. (laughs) And do you want to give the short version of how you became... An accidental influencer? Well, the short version is uh, is also a uh, suggestion I'm going to make for everybody. As you get older, surround yourself with younger people, by younger people. I was complaining to a very young friend that as a humorist and storyteller, I didn't think I was getting a large enough audience. And she said, you should go on TikTok. And I said, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. Who wants to see an old lady? <laughs> expressing her opinions about the world. And she said, trust me, you will go viral. And that's what <laughs> happened. Accidental, totally accidental. By the way, I have to say something about the previous book. I can't wait to see the movie version of that book. It sounds like a fabulous movie to me. Is it coming? Yeah, if, uh, not yet. If anybody knows sure anybody, let me know. Sure it <laughs> It'd be great. <laughs> Well, something to put on the goal list for sure. Whether or not you have any actual control over it, it's good to, you know, aspire. We need the aspirations. Uh, So Liz, um, please share who you are and why you're here. I'm Liz Lockman. I am a filmmaker. I have no idea why I'm here. However... (laughs) Do you need me to to tell you? Because I can tell you. No, it's all good. Look, everybody had things to show. So I'm going to show our our poster. This is a teeny version of our poster for Susan Feniger, Forked. It's a documentary feature film that I made about my partner, Chef Susan Feniger, and her horrible um, time trying to create a new global street food restaurant in Los Angeles. I call this film a culinary disaster movie. <laughs> So um, nothing went right, and I recorded the whole thing, and uh, now we have a film, and, you know, and we're just doing festivals now. Yeah. And part of what was striking me for you to be on this topic is this is a project. You said you were you've got other creative endeavors, yeah. and then this pro- you sort of created this project while you were waiting for other endeavors to come to fruition. Well, yes, I got tired of waiting. And I said, I have to do something. I have this film. It's shot. I never intended it to be a film, but there it is. It's shot. So many people have said to me, this could be a film. So maybe I'll just look into that. And and I did. And I started laughing. When I looked at the footage, I thought, this is actually pretty funny. So I thought, okay, let's just carry it through, see what happens. 
And I think about, you know, what is it? Life's what happens when you're making plans. You never know what's going to happen. But when you are aware of your surroundings and what you love, and especially as creative people, you're always going to find something fun and interesting to work on. Right. Sound about right? Right. Exactly. Absolutely. I find story everywhere. I'm sure you guys are the same. Sometimes people say to me, well, I don't know what to write about. And I think I have too many things to write about. I can't, you know, I, I have trouble prioritizing. So, you know, everything is story. I hear that too. I have, always have like a list of things that I'm just kind of waiting to get to. I agree. That so sounds let's amazing. Start with, let's start with an easy question because like I said, I, you, we can sit here and we can count our wins or we could just talk about them or really. So what does winning mean to you? Because I think it means different things to different people. So Liz, what do you think? You know what? I, when you said that, I, I was like, winning what? I never win. <laughs> I don't even play the lottery because I never win. However, I will say this last few years, I've been trusting my gut and my instinct more rather than saying, what, what will others like? I say, what, what do I like? And that's been very helpful. Um, I noticed we've been getting some really good response on the film. And I noticed that the thing that means winning to me is when I get thrilled. Then I get that like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited feeling, which doesn't ha happen to me that easily. Um, but I will say there's something that happened at the Austin Film Festival that I am still thrilled by. So I want to share it. Um, the day after the festival closed, I had already come back to LA. Austin.com wrote a little blurb up on our five favorite things at the Austin Film Festival. Number one was Saltburn. You guys have probably heard of that film that's just come out. Number two was Liz Lockman's Susan Feniger Forked. I'm telling Amazing. you right now, I just got chills saying it again right now. It just blows my mind and it's thrilling. So to me, something that I'm thrilled by is where I equate winning with, because I'm not sure what winning really means. You know, it's never enough, you know. So if I get thrilled, that's that's the answer, you know, for me. Amazing. And and how I'd say I got goosebumps when you said it. I mean, <laughs> to be able to have that impact on others, which is, you know, why why I do this and why yeah. you all do what you do. Right. It's for impact and to show others what's possible. It's another another factor to that. So what do you think, Annie? Happened in my life is that winning means that uh, I finally have the gratification of being appreciated for qualities I always suspected I might possess, but I didn't know, how shall I say this? I've always apologized all of my life for being too talkative, for being too opinionated, for being too honest about my opinion. I was, I was told it was not an attractive quality. It wasn't feminine. Men didn't like women like that, et cetera, et cetera. And now in my geezer years, I am being celebrated for those exact qualities. And that really gives me a sense of winning. The young people are responding to me in a way that my own peers never did. Yeah. And so what I keep trying to tell people, one of the themes of my book which I'm going to show again because I'm a whore, <laughs> is um, 
is that you should not be imprisoned by other people's opinions of you. You should be your genuine, honest self. And somehow, if you're lucky, that self will be appreciated. You will be appreciated for what you are. You can't hide behind or be trapped by other people's opinions and try and, and, try and please them when you, and, and by that going against your essential nature. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. And I'm still hung up on you calling it your geezer years. <laughs> I just turned 85 and I've never been happier, never been more productive. It's a miracle. That's great. It's a miracle and a blessing for sure. Yay. Well, it also means I spent a lot of years not getting what I wanted. I spent a lot of years failing. And so what did you learn from that? I think failing is a great learning op. I mean, I think that people people have this expectation of being perfect. You know, I just spoke to a young person in their 20s that was starting an internship and they would never say, we're going to be good enough. And I said, of course, you're not going to be good enough. That's why it's called an internship. You're there to fail. And whenever you fail, you learn and you get better. We all get better. We all grow from our failures. But there's such an expectation in this culture of total perfection with everything you do. You're not allowed to have bad hair. You're not allowed to be fat. You're not allowed to be old. You're not allowed uh, to be an ethnic woman. And so um, I think we have to accept that life is not perfect. And we just keep doing what we do. You know, I my film is, um, I when I describe it, I say it's about not if one fails, but how. Oh, that's great. I love that. I yeah. love that because there's an art to failing. Absolutely. I love that. It's like, do you lay down? Do you stop? Or do you get up and do it again and just do it, it until you, I love it. you know, get the results you want? So, I love that it's a rhetorical question. You get up. It's not do you get up. Right. It's you get up right. because that's how you, you, um, you find your future yeah. is trial and error mm-hmm. and error and error and trial and error. Yeah. So, Amy, what does winning mean to you? Um, I, I'm going to bench off of those comments. It's it's definitely when I feel like what I've worked on resonates with someone. When I get that feedback from someone, it could be anyone, literally anyone who reads the book. And when they say, oh, that part, I was crying. Or that was hilarious. When, you know, it's those little moments when you think, I worked. Because I was laughing when I heard that and I was crying when I heard that. And then you just know that what you did got through the page and it reached somebody. And that's the point of it. That's the whole point of why I even wanted to share the story, you know, for it to reach other people. And so that's when I I feel like every little time. And I think, you know, hopefully the reviews start coming in and you, Every little time somebody says something that where it resonates with them, it's so worth it. All the years that it took to write them. And since we covered um, failure as part of the question, what 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 is your take on failure? I mean, it's definitely a learning experience, and I do feel like I'm. I'll be a little controversial. I'll jump in. The people that I know that have just kind of won their whole lives aren't as interesting to me as they almost don't seem like full people because 
they're never, I mean, and maybe I'm sure they have failed, but they'll, they'll never share it with you. They'll never talk about it. And who wants to be compared to someone who thinks they're perfect because no one is. And so I do feel like that's just part of the human experience is failing and getting back up again and learning how to fail makes you a better person. You're more empathetic because you can understand what it feels like when other people are going through tough things. And um, it's just kind of everything. It's just an essential life experience. It, there, there's a very guru-y mentality out there where people are talking about their perfect lives and just do do the thing. one thing I said and your life will be perfect too. And that's like one of my biggest pet peeves is like, really? We don't all have your background experience and whatever. So how can everything you say, if I go directly to plan? No, just... <laughs> usually when someone says they've got all their the answers they don't you know that's like the person i run away from <laughs> they've got it all figured out it makes me think they haven't looked deeply enough did you have something to add to that liz i always have something to add right now my dog is adding is that okay <laughs> <laughs> um you know it made me think of something i was in therapy once every day of my life but um one day He's the ther- therapist said to me, um, I was talking about how artists, uh, I believe, have missing things. And when you're trying to fill the missing stuff, art comes. That's I have a theory. That's my theory. That's been my experience. And it's been an experience that I have seen from other artists over and over and over. And some people do it better than others. And some people can't do it and they end up drug addicts and things like that. And he asked me, well, what do you think happens to people who have happy childhoods? I said, I think they become bankers. <laughs> that's what, Amy, that's kind of what it reminded me of what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> bankers or I don't know, marketing. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Annie. I think that um, Amy said something about people who have a plan that there's some kind of there's some kind of scenario that you can follow to get happy, which I think I agree is ridiculous. And and also I think people fool themselves now. They have a scenario, even with dating, with trying to find someone. Well, he's got to be this, and he's got to be this, and he's got to be this. Nobody got to be anything. You have to open yourself up to experiences. And most of the best things that have happened to me, I might be repeating myself, but it's one of the themes of my book is uh, saying, yeah, why not to everything? I know I said that earlier, but um, especially like looking for love, you don't know that the guy who doesn't go for walks in the park, who doesn't like the same movies you do, the guy or woman, I'm sorry, I should um, might have other qualities that uh, what I'm saying is you're not looking for a clone of yourself. Right. And I think a lot of people are, they want someone who's got same interests, same yeah. taste, same background, same. And when I was growing up in the Bronx in a, in a kind of a working class Jewish immigrant community in the Bronx, the motto was always stick with your own kind. 
And I have to say, I'm very grateful to myself that I disregarded that mantra because when you explore the other kind, that's what adds richness to your life. So I think we're just all following a bunch of rules that are. You know, I, I met, I met Susan when I I was, I was on a blind date with somebody else. (laughs) Oh, there you go. That's funny. I met my husband on a blind date as well in February, and we got married in April because he needed his green card. He's Danish. Oh my and my yeah. friends were so angry, they wouldn't even come to the wedding. They said, you're oh. insane. He'll get his papers. You'll never see him again. I said, no, it feels right to me. It yeah. feels right. I think this is real. And that was almost 60 years ago. Wow. And we have very little in common, I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think as long as everybody gives each other the space to do what they want to do, right? You don't have to do everything the same. In fact, maybe it's well for me, it that would not work. <laughs> yeah. And one of one of my big things is so so the DM the Dev method is determine your mission. You can't get what you want unless you know what that is. You think about the life you want, but then from that, you know, when you've got this ideal, then other things can grow. I mean, who you are and what you love. That's not going to change, but it will give you a really good barometer when opportunities, people, situations come into your life. So you say, oh, you know, these could be my people or this could be my. So it, it allows you to color inside the lines ish. You know, it gives you this great big coloring book uh, to which you can explore your life. You don't you don't want the limits. You want yeah. the fun. But you are after, of course, claiming what you want, then you can go on these fun journeys. Mm -hmm. You know, on that subject, for some strange reason, I happen to have in the past few years had a lot of contact with young women who are struggling with fertility. I don't know if any of you have experienced that. It's like a plague. There's a lot going on. People can't get pregnant. And I keep saying to them, if you want a family, you will create a family. There are many ways to do it not just one or two or three. There are many ways to create a family. And if you know that that's what you need in your life to fulfill you, you will make it happen. And they all have in various ways. Various ways. Yeah. That's a, it's a really good analogy, you know, and it could be whatever you want. You find a way to make it happen. If it's what drives you, if it is that important to you. Yes. Yeah, it's true. And it's not always going to be the way you expect. In fact, usually it isn't the way that you expect. Well, and then we have things like, like failure, also patience. That's like my big thing, because like a lot of the world, I want, you know, everything to happen yesterday. I am on a mission to change the way people look at goals. And I, because I love this work, it can't happen soon enough but i think we all feel that way about getting our message out to the world what do you remember uh what started you on your creative journey you know from a way back well does somebody else want to answer no, did i jump go in? ahead go ahead go right ahead Mine was slow going. It really took me a long time. I'm fortunate that I lived this long because it's taken me too much of a lifetime to figure out what I want you to do, what what my bliss is. I really love speaking my own words. That's what I love doing. But I'm a TV actress and I've done improv comedy and I've written different kinds of things. But it's only 
in my later years that I realized where my real joy came. Uh, and so it took a while. I'm not, I'm, I'm the furthest thing from an overnight success, <laughs> but it doesn't happen when it happens, as long as it happens. Right. Uh, yes. But I didn't know it right away. It took a while. It took trial and error to figure out where am I happiest? I'm happiest speaking my own words. That's what I love to do. And getting laughs. I'm a humorist. I'm a humorist. And making people laugh, but also maybe maybe moving them, maybe think at the same time. Mm -hmm. Agreed, agreed, agreed. <laughs> so, so what about you, Liz? Well, I think, you know, there there is a component. There was a component. I was creative from a very young age, four or five, you know, finger painting, you know, painting. And, and then I started being a singer, and then that turned into singer-songwriter. Wow. Um, but yeah, that was a long, uh, a long time I was doing that. Um, I wrote for television um, for a number of years, wrote music for TV. And, and I think that um, there is, the, it's all creativity. So the need to, to do this, I don't know what that is, to, Present. to, express, to express, you know? But I remembered something that I, I learned about songwriting and it's i think the same for all writing and expression in general one part of the equation is you expressing but the other part of the equation is what amy was talking about other people receiving and being touched or you know somehow moved by what you've expressed so um that's why i got a little bit frustrated with where the music business was going back in the 80s i think um it was less about moving someone else. And it was more about just um, saying what you want to say. And, and I found that in the lyrics, there was a lot less poetry suddenly in lyrics um, of songs. And so that was frustrating and upsetting. Um, and, and I moved over to screenwriting and I, and I, that was an easier transition because no one said when they read a script and they loved it, they didn't say, what does she look like? <laughs> so that was a very different thing. Um, so that's where I, you know, you know, ended up going. But I think that desire, you know, Mary Sue Milliken is Susan Feniger's uh, business partner, the two chefs. And her son came, he's 30 something. He came with his girlfriend to our friends and family screening of the film. And he and his girlfriend were so excited. They called Susan later and they said, um, we're still talking about it. We can't stop thinking about it. It made us want to live our lives with more passion. I was shocked because I thought I wasn't going anywhere near that. I was just trying to make everybody laugh, you know. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'll take it. But that was nice, nice bonus, right? Yeah, yeah. putting out yeah. um, what started as a okay, I'll do this project. I've yeah. got the material to really impact people's lives. That must feel just amazing. That it does, and that is though what I'm talking about when you even when you have a conversation or you converse with some part of it is saying what you want, but the other part is them receiving and then giving something back, you know, it's that exchange and it happens on stage as well. You know, you can't, you can sing in your living room. Cool. But there, that's just you and you, which is great. You can write and you can do it and that's great. But when someone else hears it and they react, that's to me, that's it. That's the, the thing you're, you, you work for, you know, that you look for. And at some point, you have to be good enough with your words, with your creativity, with whatever it is 
and get it out in the world because I think that's hard. That's the, that's the hardest, you know, getting it out there. Now it's easier with social media, a little bit easier. Right. Because little bit yourself, you don't need an agent for social media. You kind of need a social media, you know, person to run your media, but. (laughs) I just wanted to comment that I love that um, phrase about living your life with passion. And I think that's um, that's a thing that does divide creative people from not creative people. And it also means you have to be willing to sacrifice for that. Uh, my husband and I have only worked at things that we loved with people that we loved, which means we've never gotten rich. And so I always worry about money. It's been a constant in my life, worrying about being financially stable. To this day, we live well, but we don't have the things that if we had had regular corporate jobs and savings and stocks and property and all these things that regular middle-class people have, I wouldn't have those money worries. On the other hand, we couldn't have lived that life. The yeah. life that you have to live to get all that the you, you had to sacrifice your passions to get that financial safety, unless you're really lucky and you hit it big with it. So anyway, it's a choice you have to make. What do you care about most? How do you want to spend your life? Who do you want to spend it with? Yeah. I want to spend it with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> people, yeah. people like you. <laughs> Well, and this is when I put together these panels, some of it is in like, okay, who would who would jam with each other well? And for some reason, I, I end up with these great conversations with people who wouldn't know each other otherwise, which is part of my joy. So, Amy, what started you on your creative slash professional slash journey? I'm I'm gonna again bench off of what Liz said. <laughs> I feel like that um that creativity is something that usually you're born with. It's not something and what Annie was saying, it's it's a lot of times a sacrifice if you're gonna choose to live that life. And I didn't sacrifice. It it was it was something that I, I was I always wanted to do art, majored in art history in college and I worked at a museum. It was my dream job. But I couldn't afford to move out of my parents' house if I stayed working at the museum because, you know, it was just, you know, barely, barely. Anyway, it wasn't enough to even live with a bunch of roommates. Just I had to be at home. And so I I sacrificed and I went to work, you know, business development. I did marketing for a little while. And and my sister-in-law, who happens to be a songwriter, too, she was like, well, what are you doing for your creativity? And I was like, oh, it's fine. I do. And, but she was right. I, there was, you know, a few years later, things were missing in my life. And I felt kind of low, kind of depressed. I wasn't acting on my... And that's when I found writing. I think a lot of people go from art to writing. I think that I also resonate with this, like any kind of creativity. It doesn't really matter exactly what you're doing. You just need to express and you need to. And then also when you're young, it probably isn't going to come to you right away unless you're very lucky. You know, you, you have to hone your craft and you have to kind of have something to say too. I mean, a lot (laughs) of writers, you know what I mean? Like when I was a kid, I found my journals. I mean, I always wrote. I did, it was something I kind of took for granted. It was always, you know, something I would do. But um, I found my journals when I was in middle school, and 
it was unfortunate because I found them when I was like a young adult, probably in that time when I was trying to move out of my parents' house. And I was so mortified that I put them in the trash outside and I buried them underneath all this other trash that they could never be discovered because I could not believe it was just like so-and-so loves so-and-so and 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 then they said this and they said that and actually it was pretty good little dialogue like I would love to go back and look at that now because I was very into like writing out the conversation and like who was doing what and when (laughs) but um but, yeah. No wonder you were depressed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought, oh, I'm this poor little kid. Um, yeah, I, I that had is it. something that has to go. And then once you grow up and you realize, you know, get a little perspective in your life, have some yeah. things, you know, have fail sometimes. I mean, going back to failing, like have some real experiences and real challenges in your life. And then you get a more nuanced view of the world that that maybe somebody else can you know resonate with one of my big soapboxy things is it it's sometimes we have to have jobs well not we as in me but you know <laughs> you have well, I've been working on my own for a, for a while and I know there's some people love the nine to five I love the yes I'm like three different people I'm goal strategist, food writer, and food podcaster, um, workshop leader, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'd much rather be five people and do my thing, but there's some people who they like the stability thing, but just because you're in a stable job does not mean, let me see how many negatives I can put in this. Even when you're in a stable job, find something that's fun, that's creative, that will help fuel your spirit because that's going to make everything else so much better. You know, you don't have to, if you can and you need to change everything, you know, go right ahead. But if that's not an option, there's always something that you could do, whether it's for a hobby or for side hustle that you can do to bring joy into your world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it just, it depends on like everybody's got their own path and that some people really do need to have that creative expression. And that's real. <laughs> that's, that's real for the, for the people who need it. They know, they know, they know who they are. <laughs> so we love trial and error. We love failure, but how do you create and or maintain that winning spirit? Read your, own, read your own resume every once in a while. That helps. <laughs> you go, I've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I like that. It, and it, that's why I always, when I do these end of the year slash beginning of the year workshops, actually, I do this stuff year round. I always say, you know, um, write down all of your wins because that is your springboard. Hence why we're having this conversation. But reading your resume, love that. Really good tip. What do you think, Annie? The question is, how do you maintain your yeah. creative spirit? Creative, winning, enthusiasm. Well, I don't think we have a choice. And sometimes I think you do have to take a break. I sometimes get my best ideas when I'm just, I leave my desk and I take a walk in the park or I take a shower. And suddenly that's something, oh, wait a minute, I could talk about that on the next TikTok. And of course, I forget it immediately because I'm always in a place where I don't have access to 
you know, or something. Paper. <laughs> I think it's always with you, whether you're whether you're deliberately focused on it or whether you're doing something else, just at a party with friends. Your creative spirit is always with you. It doesn't leave you. And you don't know where suddenly you're going to get an insight or a flash or, you know. Um, I am in a fortunate position in what I'm doing, which is I only have one subject I talk about, basically, which is me my favorite subject and my view of life, death, marriage, blobbity, blobbity, blobbity. So that my material is always there. My life is my material. I just had a friend say she had to have a biopsy for something. And I went and did a TikTok. I said, is there any scarier word than biopsy? So I'm, I'm fortunate that my palate is, is my everyday life. So in a way I'm much lazier than doing something that, that, what Amy is doing, which is actually having to research something and, and discover something, she's got a much harder, I think it's much harder to do what she's doing. Um, I, I my my palate is, is my life. So I'm, and hopefully my life in a way that has universal meaning. I don't think anybody's interested in me, but the things I say might affect them and their lives. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, Amy, same question. How do you create slash maintain? Amy, just give my answer, okay? <laughs> I know. I'm always like, well, what Liz said. <laughs> um, or what Annie said. Yeah. Um, no, I I do agree with what Annie said. In the shower, I, I, I get great ideas when because you're absolutely right. That thing that you're working on is always living with you. And so it's like that. I have to keep my phone next to me before I go to sleep. And I have like these notes that I just kind of constantly keep in the phone for those ideas. And in the shower, I jump out of the shower and write it down because those are the best in the shower. But um, <laughs> and one of the things that, and I'll go back to the research on this, but um, one of the first quotes that I kind of fell in love with from Coach Temple, who was the coach of the Tiger Bells, Ed Temple, um, he said, I'm tired is not the time to quit. I'm tired is the time to dig in and get that thing within you that makes you keep going. And that's when you find out. And I didn't say it exactly the way he did, but basically that's when you find out what you have in you, you, that time that you push through it, even when you think you're going to give up on something, that's the time where you really find out who you are. And that I'm tired. Whenever I was like, nobody is going to buy this book. Nobody wants to hear. I'm the only one who wants to tell about the Tiger Rolls. And nobody, you know, it's just whenever you think you want to quit on something, that's the time where you really have to dig in further. And I appreciated that so much. He got me through the whole process. <laughs> you know, can I comment on that? I, 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 I like that. I like that. And I believe it, but I also believe the opposite. That sometimes you just do walk away from it and spend two days reading and going to the movies and meeting with friends. And when you come back, you find you are, you have, you are, your spirits are regenerated. So I think there's a, there's a double truth there. Like I said before, there's no one way to do things. I think sometimes you give into in the fatigue and you say, okay, I just can't. I'm, I'm, I always I'm done for a couple of days. Like the tide in a way it goes in, yeah. it goes out, you know, and, and sometimes I just let it go out. And then other times I'm like, no, I'm going to sit here. Cause I think, I think it could come or whatever it is, you know, but it's, it's sort of a give take, you know, into intuition. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, absolutely. But I think it, I mean, it's not so much about that. You have to like, just keep pushing on the project on the, in that given day, but not to give up. I mean, it's one thing to like take a break, yeah. but it's another thing to just give up, you know? And so that's, but you're right. I mean, maybe the project is just not working for you and that's, you know, another intuition that you have too. There's some, I have a drawer full of half finished projects. Yeah. I I think raise your hand if you have a drawer full of unfinished projects, whether it is a metaphorical or actual drawer, right? well, we all we all have, especially I think as a gr- creative and or entrepreneur, and so right on online. My community is for writers, creatives, and entrepreneurs because if you're one, you're the other too. So, mm-hmm. as people in that that cross section, we always have the LA statement: multiple projects at various stages of development. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Quote unquote. <laughs> so we and we've got um and i love the quote from amy you know i'm tired is not the time to quit it's important mm-hmm. to have that balance and know thyself uh liz and annie i think your quote is why not right isn't that your credo my quote is yeah why not is my, yeah, why not? Make that my answer to everything yeah <laughs> and what about you liz what about me shut up that's my quote Wait, what was that? <laughs> I said, shut up. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I Leave me alone. Don't bother me. I'm trying to read. <laughs> I don't have a okay. quote. Do I have a quote? Wait. I'm just trying to think if I have a quote. I don't have a quote. Sorry. Well, you know, shut up, leave me alone does speak volumes. Does it? Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Susan always says, because I'm always late for everything except not this interview, but um, Susan is always saying to others how, you know, it's time to go. And she looks over in the kitchen and Liz has just decided now is the time to read the paper. I don't know what that is, but there is this need for me to wall myself off at times, usually when I have to go be social. So Hmm. I bring out the one of the part of me, the, the one of the five, you know, Deb, it, it was the waitress that was the barmaid that could just figure out how to get tips and what people needed and give them what they needed and get that money. That was the social person or the party girl, you know, who was always flitting around. And But the real person is the one who'd rather read than go out. And so I think you're right. Shut up, leave me alone is probably what, you know, runs me in, inside. I should say it, it, sir. (laughs) And going back to the topic of winning, so what, what, I was going to say, what counts as a win? You know? Who are you asking? Any and all of you. When you're looking at, at your life, and I believe, you know, celebrate everything, the small wins, the big wins, but what counts as that win for each of you? Uh, for me, it's I, I sort of applied before having people see me the way I see myself, because that's a new experience for me. I just performed with the Moth main stage in Portland, Seattle. I told the story of my very, very serious postpartum depression to 2,700 people. And that wonderful feeling that they got me. 
that they understood the pain. They also understood the triumph. They that that feeling that I was connected with 27 human beings telling a story about the darkest period of my life was so extraordinary. It was really um better than an orgasm. <laughs> It's just, it's just, just a it's great, just great hug to feel that connection that I, that that people are getting what I'm saying and that they feel some. And of course, afterwards, people came up and said, I went through that. My sister went through that. My daughter went through that. Nice. That's an extraordinary win for me. What about you, Amy? Um, I mean, I think it, it it goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier with the with the reviews. Like with someone when someone gets you, same as what Annie said. When when someone receives what you give, um, Liz was saying that too. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's a win. Or just usually when I when I accomplish something that I set out to do, and when it lands the way generally the way it's supposed to. I mean, it may not be exactly, but it's just, it could be something really simple and personal in your life, or it could be a major project that you've worked on for eight years, you know, either way. It's just when it's, when you, when you pull something together and it, it's finished and enters the world, that's a win. And Liz, you know, when I was younger, um, I did the New York marathon and I was not a runner. Um, I did it because, well, at first a friend said, will you, I want to do the New York marathon. She said, and I want someone to train with me. Will you run with me? And I was like, okay, what do we do? And we had to start out at two miles. I was like, what? There's no way. And so we ended up adding uh, every week you would add to a mile or two. And now we were doing 10 miles. That is more than I ever thought I could ever do in my entire life. That's ridiculous. And then she had to drop out and go. She had a job and she couldn't she couldn't do it anymore. And I thought, what? Wait a minute. So I said, I'm going to do this thing. So I got a book on how to run a marathon. That's how I approach everything. I got to read about what you do, get the directions out. <laughs> and I got my right shoes and all that stuff. And I realized that I wanted to do a marathon because it was something I thought was impossible for me to do. That would that is something I never in a million years dreamed I could ever do and would ever want to do. So I trained for eight months and finally, you know, the day arrived and I did the New York marathon. After that, I never ran again because I don't care about running. <laughs> and I thought it was odd. I thought, well, but it was because I wanted to do something impossible and I did it. And, and in, in our, in our lives as creatives, it's you don't have a ladder. You don't have a corporate ladder where you get a raise every year or you get, a, you know, results given to you where you get to see I'm doing better. I'm, I'm getting better. So you're always wondering, unless you get a book published or a TikTok, you know, following, which are not things that happen that often. You don't have any kind of benchmarks for wins. So like you said, the whole reason you're trying to figure out, well, what can I do? And I think it was this, this need to just prove to myself, okay, I'm going to try and do something I consider impossible. Now, obviously, I'm not going to do that every day, you know, every year. But 
but you know, I, I challenged myself. Susan was gone to Palm Springs. She's got a new restaurant there. She was gone for five days last week. I don't cook. I don't like cooking there. I've said it out loud. And, and I challenged myself. I cooked a meal for myself every night. And I, yes. And I said to Susan afterwards, we did a little video on what I made and pictures and someone said to me, well, didn't you, you feel accomplished? And, you know, didn't you love cooking? And I said, no, kind of like running. I don't love cooking, but I did love doing something I thought I couldn't do. Ah, I love that. On a very it, small scale for me, that was, you know. I, well, I feel that this is a really good lead into the next, next thing. So I always ask my guests what goal they want to gift to the audience. So Liz. What goal would you like to gift to the audience? Someone ask someone else first. I don't know how to answer that. Well, I thought you were going to say your goal is to do something you didn't think you knew how to do, but okay. you can think of something. No, no, no. I gave it to you. Now you have to come up with something else. Um, Annie, do you have a goal to gift? You know, this is just something off the top of my head. I, I wasn't prepared for this question either. But I discovered something this past year that if there's somebody that in your life that you think has been neglectful, that you're a little annoyed at because they haven't been as attentive as you would have liked, give them a call. Give them a friendly call. I, I did that, and the results were extraordinary. So I'm saying somebody who does call someone who doesn't know that you're angry at them is what I'm saying. <laughs> Is that too? Is that no? Too that's small good. Well, I like it. It's it's phone a friend, huh? It's it's phone a friend with a caveat, you know. Phone a friend who doesn't know that you're feeling a little neglected, or that I you're angry it. at for some other reason. I like that. Is that too small? No, that's perfect. Okay. These, that's a the purpose thing. of the goals is to give just people action items. What is something that they could do today, tonight, tomorrow that may make a small or a huge difference in their life? Yeah, and it may fail. It may not. It may confirm your feeling that this person it's a doesn't good want one. to be in your life, but it could be a wonderful surprise on the other hand. So, Amy, what goal do you want to give? I think um, get out of your comfort zone um, <laughs> with with the book in particular. Uh, I was working on, you know, writing is very solitary. I mean, this one is is good because I can interview people, but mostly it's just me working and organizing and getting things down on paper. Um, but getting out of my comfort zone to market this when it actually got published and I got it in to the publisher. And then I started realizing, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to talk to people about it. And people that I don't know, I'm going to, you know, and then in front of other people. And it just was, but, you know, I did it a couple of times. I did a couple podcasts and I'm thinking, you know, all they want, they don't want to see me get nervous. They want to just hear about the tiger calls. It's not about me. You know? So anyway, I, got over it and for the most part. I mean, ask me after the book launch how I felt that night. But um, I think getting out of my comfort zone, it's given me a sense of accomplishment that, and and it's just, you know, this was just the one thing, but 
then I jumped on a Peloton and then I jumped on, you know, like just little things that I wouldn't normally want to do. Just makes me feel like when you actually do it, like the, like the marathon, you know, it's not, or the cooking, it's not about what, you know, what you're trying to learn. It's about yeah. getting to the end of it and like putting yourself in. Then you feel like I did it, you know, accomplished in a way. Right. Yeah. Even if it's a yeah. small thing. It doesn't have yeah. to be big. It can be small, you know? Yeah. I mean, but it so doesn't. Liz, have, what? Oh. Did you come up with your goal? Kind of. I thought of it and then I forgot it. I thought I was done. <laughs> um, uh, wait, let me think about it for another second. You know, I recently discovered something. It sometimes works. Um, jumping for joy. Literally. Jumping for joy. Yeah, is the goal. Oh, I love that. Yeah, That's literally. so fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I just discovered it. I came up with it last week and I tried it a few times and it worked. It really. So like literally jumping for joy. Literally jumping for joy. You don't have to do it for very long, you know, once. But it, <laughs> it, you could do it once. I did it twice. <laughs> but it's, um, it, it, it does kind of wake you up it wakes I don't know exactly physiologically what's happening but there is a shift so, so you jump, jump when you're not when you're not feeling jumpful yeah. you jump yeah. joy, joyful you, you yeah. jump you jump for joy I like do you, not wake I yeah. do not get out of bed joyful believe me it's a it's a chore so <laughs> and so you is, want joy and so you jump for it yeah oh, I love it yeah. <laughs> that's great yeah. and I say the word jumping for joy because that is very different than just jump in the air but jumping for joy is a very, it's a specific, whatever it means to anybody, right? Yeah. I think it's a great goal, especially in this conversation on winning. So gold stars. Well, gold stars for everybody, because first of all, you are all here. And if you're tuning in, whether you're watching live or the replay or listening, you know, you've chosen yourself and your goals. And this focus on winning is so powerful. So Awesome. Before we wrap, where can people learn more about you, Amy? Uh, the easiest way is my website. It's amycard.com, A-I-M-E-C-A-R-D.com. And as my links to the social, I'm doing, you know, some Instagram, a tiny bit of TikTok, but I can't wait to see all Amy's TikToks. <laughs> but, you know, anyways, so all through my website, you can find everything. Great. And Annie, where can we learn about um, you? I have a website. It's not always up to date. It's just AnnieCorson.com. Uh, the book of Annie can go on Amazon or Audible. Um, and, uh, oh, on TikTok, I'm A. Corson on TikTok. And I, I have Instagram, but I don't know how to use it. <laughs> I have Instagram and I don't know how to use it. See, I think that should be your next book. <laughs> Who knows? Liz, where can people learn more about you? It's LizLockman.com. And uh, they have to spell it correctly or they'll get someone else. Not me. <laughs> and uh, let's see. where That's about, oh, Instagram is also Liz Lockman. I lucked out and I got my own name. There is another one. She used to go to my vet, my hairstylist, and my comic book store. Oh my God. I, was the most, I was the most upset about the comic book store. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't want another Liz Lockman walking into my comic book store. That's that was just too much. But anyway, the nerve. The nerve is right. Yeah. And I am at the Deb Method everywhere. And if you go to the debmethod.com slash blog, you can get the replay and the recap and the links from these conversations. And if you want to uh, spend a little bit more time uh, working on your goals, you can grab a copy of your goal guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals at your favorite place to buy books. Oh, this has been such a fun, winning conversation. What final thought do you want to leave everyone with? Annie, final thought? Uh, I think to appreciate what you've got, make the best of what you've got. Ooh, good. Like that. What about you, Annie? Um. Oh, you're really putting us on the spot with these tough ones. <laughs> um, I would say just gratitude goes a long way and just being able to appreciate where you are. And Liz, final, they final thought? The, they took the good answers. <laughs> All right, I got one. It's not just, okay, here it is. Another therapist told me, your head is the secretary. The gut is the boss. The gut says, here's what I want to do. The brain makes it happen. Don't confuse the two. Don't let the brain start making the decisions. The gut makes the decisions. The brain is the secretary. Final thought. Works for me. And, and if you are here uh, choosing yourself and your goals, you know, good on you. Because this is, it's like I said, it's December. We're starting the new year to get a running start. Whatever it is you want to accomplish, it's there for you. You just have to make the choice to put your energy, even if it's a little bit of time, to turning the life you want into reality. It's all there for you. So go on and grab it. Um, thank you so much, Amy Card, Annie Corzin, and Liz Lachman for joining me today. And again, thank you for tuning in to Goal Chat Live, a.k.a. The Deb Show on the Marketing Podcast Network. I'm live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, and new episodes are released on the podcast every Thursday. Well, it's just Monday, but in audio format. And again, you can follow me at The Deb Method everywhere for inspiration and motivation. That's what we are all about. I wish you all a very happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. And again, anything out there that is your that you desire, it's yours for the taking. So go on out there, go for it, because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow at the Deb Method on social media and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.